Through innovation, academic excellence, and family-centered clinical care, Children's Mercy Kansas City is transforming outcomes for children around the world. Welcome to the audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host Dr. Michael Smith. Welcome to Transformational Pediatrics. I'm Dr. Michael Smith, and our topic is Home Ventilator Program, Treating Infants and Children in the Comfort of Home. My guest is Dr. Winston Manitim. He is the Associate Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Missouri-Kansas City School of Medicine. Dr. Manitim, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good afternoon. So let's start with um, how, how often is ventilation actually needed in the NICU setting? Okay, uh, it really depends on the type of the uh, neonatal intensive care unit. Uh, the typical neonatal intensive care unit has a uh, majority of infants being admitted for extreme prematurity, and therefore those infants are being ventilated for uh, extreme prematurity, prematurity of their lungs. Uh, in a regional referral uh, NICU, just like ours here at Children's Mercy in Kansas City, um, majority of our infants are actually the later gestation, meaning um, closer to term, with obviously uh, a much different set of um, respira- respiratory pathology, um, some cardiac malformation, and other um, anatomic uh, abnormalities, some gastrointestinal, and those kind of things. So being a referral center, we see a lot more uh, complicated um, uh, infants uh, who at that point still needed to be on the ventilator. Yeah, and, and you're seeing ultimately what ends up um, being some long-term ventilation issues, right? And and that's the whole point of your program is trying to establish a more home setting um, where the child can get the appropriate care in a, in a long-term ventilation setting. That is well, exactly um, correct. It, so what what's the primary in in most cases what's the primary cause of newborn a newborn requiring ventilator support well um uh in our program um we see that um majority of our infants are still those who were born very prematurely who uh eventually required a prolonged uh, mechanical ventilation and could not be weaned off the ventilator and that's why uh they, uh, they go on to uh uh, continue to require uh, ventilation up to the point that we can get uh, to get them home. Um, some of our uh, infants also come with um, malformations, either of the airway or or the uh, facial malformation, those kind of issues that require um, their airway to be bypassed. And so those are um, another group of patients. We do have uh, a big number also of um, babies who are born with congenital heart defects who um, may be in different um, stages of their heart um, uh, defect repairs that may um, continue to require uh, ventilatory support. And so those are another group of patients that we follow. And then uh, there's um, a few who have um, central nervous issues um, who, uh, for whatever reason, uh, are not able to uh, breathe independently on their own, and so eventually will require um, home ventilation as well. You know, so I, I um, what, what is there some guidelines? I'm sure there are some established guidelines that determines, you know, which newborn can go home on ventilation, um, because that's ultimately I know what your program is is really gearing to do. Uh, but are there some 
guidelines that you follow that helps you to decide whether a, a, a newborn needs to stay in the hospital on ventilation or, or go home on ventilation? Right. Uh, and we do have uh, a specific uh, guidelines and uh, sort of like uh, um, <clears throat> practice um, guidelines that um, uh, help us decide uh, exactly what you said, uh, if the baby is a candidate for uh, prolonged mechanical ventilation at home. Uh, there are other programs in the country um, that uh, that are doing the same thing, and we probably are uh, almost uh, in the same sort of like uh, situation uh, when uh, we decide at some point that uh, okay, this is time for this baby uh, to be uh, prepared uh, to go home on a ventilator instead of keeping the baby in the hospital indefinitely. And so when you, how long, so if you, in, in, in the children that are allowed to go home on, on ventilation, are these children that are close to being weaned off ventilation? What's the, the length of time usually a, a child is on ventilator support that are allowed to go home? Well, it uh, depends primarily on the primary indication for why uh, they needed a mechanical ventilation in the first place. For our uh, large number of patients who are um, former extremely premature infants um, who uh, became ventilator dependent, we see them and uh, we're able to send them home and within the next uh, uh, 6 to 12 months after they go home, uh, we are able to successfully wean them off the ventilator, although at that point in time, uh, they're not ready to come off with their tracheostomy, which is the breathing tube um, that is connected to the ventilator. Um, but on the average, by the time they're about uh, between three and four years of age, um, they're completely off the ventilator and off the tracheostomy. Other children whose indication is different, like for example, if the indication for continuing uh, mechanical ventilation is neurologic, those are the kind of patients that may uh, stay needing the ventilatory support for a much longer period of time. So I have um, some information here. It says Children's Mercy Program is one of the largest in the U.S. with more than 25 new patients treated each year. I assume that's in, in the in the home setting vent, uh, ventilation program. Correct. Is there, have you treated enough children at home on ventilation to be able to talk about um, outcomes at this point? Um, positive outcomes, negative outcomes. Is there any data on that at this point? Uh, we do have uh, uh, an ongoing data collection for all of our patients that we took care in our program. Uh, we started a program uh, sometime in 2005, 2006. So we've been doing this for almost 10 years now. And uh, for those infants, uh, at least for their short-term developmental outcome, meaning their developmental milestones at the time that they are about uh, uh, between two and three years of age, that we are actually seeing... Um, most of them are able to catch up in their milestones, especially if the primary indication for their uh, mechanical ventilation was due to prematurity alone and not due to any other um, uh, complications or any other um, um, medical conditions that are present at birth. When you when you send uh, a child home uh, on a vent on ventilator support, what tell us how that works? I mean, is there how do they how are they following? Who's following them and how do they follow up? Is are there physicians on call for them? Um, is there a nurse that goes out or a respiratory therapist that goes out and helps? What's that? How does that process work? I'm glad that you asked that question because uh, uh, in our program. Uh, 
even prior to uh, tracheostomy, meaning putting the uh, the tube for um, purposes of uh, long-term mechanical ventilation. We meet with the family and uh, um, as a multidisciplinary team composed of um, our um, um, psychosocial um, team, our uh, nutritionist, our uh, respiratory therapist, nurses, and all and everybody else who are involved in the care of that patient. So we meet with the parents and kind of like uh, lay out the plan and uh, the anticipation that once we commit on having that particular patient have a tracheostomy, um, then these are the expectations that, um, including uh, what the expectations from the family uh, should be. And then um, we, um, when we get to the point that the baby is already stable clinically, um, meaning there's not a lot of changes in terms of what the babies need in terms of ventilatory support, then we meet again with the parents. And at that point, uh, we talk with um, the um, provider of the durable medical equipment or the DME companies, as well as the uh, provider of private duty nursing. Because uh, at the point that uh, they will be going home, we have to make sure that they have the supplier of all the supplies that they will need, as well as they will have the support of the private duty nurses that will be coming to the home and help take care of those babies. Um, in our program also, we have a neonatologist who are on call 24-7 um, to take calls from all of those um, uh, parents or caregivers at home uh, if there's any question or if there's any problem uh, at any particular point in time. So we are following them very, very closely. Uh, we do see them uh, very regularly in our home vent clinic, uh, sometimes as often as one to two weeks after discharge to make sure that the transition of care from being in the hospital goes smoothly when they go at home. Uh, we uh, also have a respiratory therapist um, provided by, again, the DME companies who would be checking um, the ventilators if there's some questions about malfunctions and things like that. So um, uh, with um, with the coordination of all their care and providing basically um, the primary care for all of, all of these infants, we were able to, as much as possible, keep them at home and not being readmitted to the hospital. At some point, if yeah. they get sick, and uh, we tried our best to um, uh, troubleshoot whatever they're having uh, problems at home, then we may have to send them to our emergency room and communicate with our uh, emergency room physicians that such patient is coming and needed to be reevaluated, and we keep in touch with them so that uh, they can we can provide them all the information that they needed to have in order to make that assessment for that particular patient. Right. If that patient needed to be admitted, in, readmitted in the hospital because they're really getting sicker, then they get readmitted to the pediatric intensive care unit. And then we, as our home vent team, also provide uh, co-management while they are in the hospital. And then we also go over again uh, with the parents and the caregivers at the time that they're being discharged so that, again, the transition from being in the hospital to home will be smooth. All right. Well, I got to tell you, what it's, it's just an amazing, comprehensive program that I know is, is doing so much for so many kids and, and families. And Dr. Um, Manitim, I just want to thank you for the work that you're doing, and thank you for coming on the show. 
You're listening to Transformational Pediatrics with Children's Mercy Kansas City. For more information, you can go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Michael Smith. Thanks for listening.